In today's episode, we're speaking to Rocky Lalavani. Rocky Lalavani is a speaker and a host of Profit Answers Man podcast, teaching financial planning and growing your wealth. Rocky stands by three truths. One, money is a tool, not an end goal. Two, prioritizing life over money is key. And three, being intentional and purposeful makes all the difference. Let's speak to Rocky to find out how he changed his life by changing his mindset. Let's find out. Money Mindset with Girl Khan podcast will help you to break free from your limiting beliefs, reverse your money shame and blast through your money blocks so that you can live a life of unlimited abundance. In this podcast, we will talk about energy tools and mindset strategies that will help you to understand and change your relationship with money, whether you're in a job, profession or working on your passion. Change your relationship with money to change your life. I'm your host, Gul Khan. Let's get started. Welcome, welcome. This is Gul Khan, your money mindset expert. And today I have the pleasure, the honor of speaking to Rocky Lalvani. Welcome, Rocky. Thank you so much for having me. Excited to be here with you today. Thank you so much, Rocky. Rocky, everyone's heard your intro and they know how fabulous we are. But please, in your own words, tell everybody what it is that you do. What I do now? Yes. Yeah. So today I work with small business owners and I help them with their finances. I was just shocked to learn that most business owners didn't pay attention to the numbers. And then it made sense. They did the parts of the business that they love and accounting was not at the top of the list. But as you know, well, if you don't focus on the numbers, you're not going to hit them. So agreed. I, I work with them to help them understand their numbers and just make positive changes towards it. Fantastic. All right. So thank you, uh, Rocky. So this is what you do now. So talk us through what has you, led you here? Well, you know, what has been your journey? What, where did you start and where did you end up? And which part of the world are you? And I, did, I didn't ask you that either. Which part of the world are you in the moment? So I'm in the United States and Pennsylvania currently. Okay. And you're literally the other side of the pond because I'm in the UK. <laughs> I, I know. Yes. I love the UK. If it weren't for COVID, I'd be visiting more often. <laughs> So talk it's us fun. through. Talk us through your journey. How did you end up, you know, working with people like me, you know, small business owners? So, going all the way back when I was two, my parents immigrated from India to the United States. So mm-hmm. a long, long time ago. <laughs> I've got gray hair now. When they came here, they had very little money. They essentially mm-hmm. were starting over for the second time in life at a very uh, uh, older age. In other words. Uh, they were pretty much in their early 40s at that point, which is amazing to you know restart life at that point with a kid mm-hmm. with very little. And at that point, we were living on the wrong side of the tracks, right? It wasn't uh, the greatest place to, uh, to grow up. Mm-hmm. But very quickly, what I saw them do was to improve their life. So almost when I was really young, almost every year or two, we were moving to a little bit of a nicer place. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that was unique, and I didn't realize this till much later in life, they would get together with their other friends who had also immigrated around the same time. Mm-hmm. And they would talk about life and they would talk about money. Like ah. they would have conversations about, you know, how are you making money and how are you spending money? So it wasn't unusual if somebody bought a car. Well, how much did you pay for that? Right. Right. That was just normal conversation. 
Isn't that um, hard? Because normally in the Western world, and you know, being in the UK, we don't talk about money at all. No. It's, it's a taboo subject. You don't ask how, how much someone paid for it, even for like a holiday. And I, you know, it, I think in our Asian culture, we did. So I remember naively when I was younger, asked some, one of my 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 British colleagues, so how much did you pay for the holiday? And she just looked at me aghast, like, how rude of you to ask me that question. And I was thinking, it was just a simple question. But I learned very early on, that's not a conversation you have, um, you know, publicly. Publicly. And I think that's the big problem. Mm. I mean, we spend all our time going to school, right? In the United States, it's yeah. 13 years from kindergarten to 12th grade. Mm. Then you go on for an advanced degree, and then you may even go on further. Mm. And you spend 17, 18 years of your life for what? To make money. And yeah. throughout that entire time, Is did anyone talk about money? money? No. no. Yeah. I have a Bachelor of Science in Economics and an MBA. Did they talk about money and how to make it? No. Yeah. And I think this is the underlying problem. Hmm. So going back, I, I just grew up in a conversation around people would talk about money. So at some points they were buying rental real estate. So I would hear those conversations. It was just natural hmm. to, to talk about that. Now, you also have to realize this was also during the, the late 70s that I was growing up into the early 80s, which people don't realize what inflation is. You know, I remember when my dad bought his first house in the late 70s, I think the interest rate was like 8%. Hmm. That was the norm. And then it went from eight up until like 15, 16, 18%. Hmm. Um, so I grew up through those types of economic times. I was always taught, though, even though we were immigrants, even though we, we, we had to struggle, we were always taught the world is your oyster. So hmm. we were always taught good mindsets about success. Like when I graduated college, you know, it wasn't so much congratulations. It's what are you getting your advanced degree in? Like it, it just this constant improvement attitude. And as a kid, I, I saw massive wealth mm. and I also saw poverty mm. and I knew I wanted to make money. I, I didn't know how I, I always thought at that point, you just have to work to make money. And so I was always trying to figure out how as a kid to make money. And at a young age, it's difficult. But then once I hit about 12 or 13, you get a paper route mm. and Unfortunately, I mean, and there are different ways to do it today, but what a paper route teaches you is getting up early, right? Delivering the way a client wants it delivered. So some of my clients are like, oh, put it in my door. Mm -hmm. Some of them want it this way. And then we had to go collect like for uh, the weekly paper. So in doing that, you start to learn to have conversations with you. The more they like you, the bigger the tip. Mm -hmm. So I, I started making money as a young kid, and I just had the tenacity to keep showing up, which I think is, is something that is also not always taught. Mm -hmm. And then over time, I used to live just outside of New York City, and literally, I would take the train into New York City. I would buy things wholesale you know, from the different um, markets. I'd bring them back, and I'd split them up, and I'd sell them to my classmates. So I would buy something for $5 and sell it for 10. And so I was just kind of hustling and making money at that point. And, and I always had cash because I think part of it was also a mindset of if I want to be successful in life, I need a lot of money. Mm. Right. So there's a negative side to that, too. So I was always doing that. And then the other thing that had happened around that time was 
computers were just coming of age. Yeah. So I had made a whole bunch of money working. And I literally remember walking into the computer shop in the early 80s with $2,000 in cash. Oh, going, wow. I, well, that's what an Apple II cost back then. And it didn't Ooh. even come with a monitor. Oh, it had wow. It had of memory. Yeah. Wow. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> People forget, like, the cost of technology has come down. I remember my other, com- I had also had a TRS-80, which was Radio Shack's computer, and that was fifty to, uh, $500. And we used to store data on a tape recorder. Like, it would read the tape. Again, those computers didn't do much, but I was so fascinated by technology and I just put my money and time Mm. into learning that. Well, that kind of brought me to my super skill that I didn't realize till much, much later in life. Mm. So I started to use an early program called VisiCalc, which is a spreadsheet. And Mm. so I would play around with the spreadsheet and do things and just building things and, and playing around. And one of my friend's dad noticed that I had this skill and he helped me and brought me into Fortune 500 companies to teach their accountants how to go from paper ledger to electronic spreadsheets. Oh, wow. So, I, you know, I was doing this. And then when I was in college, you know, I got a job in a bank kind of as a temp thing. And they're like, do you know how to do these spreadsheets? I'm like, oh, yeah, I can do those. That's easy for me. Like, mm-hmm. so they literally stuck me in a room and said, run our spreadsheets, build our things out. And so my original goal when I was going to graduate college was, oh, I'll teach people how to build spreadsheets. But here's the thing. It's the late 80s. There's no Internet. We're at a time where knowledge is gold, right? Mm -hmm. Today, knowledge is no longer gold. Knowledge is everywhere. I can learn Mm -hmm. more on YouTube than I could ever learn in college. Yeah. But that wasn't the case. I had no idea how to build a business. How do I market this thing called spreadsheets? I didn't understand the value that they provided. And so in the meantime, you do what you do. You go get a job, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so I I got a job and I I did relatively well. I was in sales. And so within two years, I was making very good money. Mm -hmm. And so I I think this is the the problem. The, the, um, The enemy of great is good. Yes. And so- I was comfortable. Mm. I, I would say the enemy is comfortable. When you're comfortable yeah. and things are okay and they're good, that is a very, very dangerous place to be. It is. It is a dangerous place to be. So I, I go into sales. And the funny thing, and I, again, I'm still using my skills. Because I was tech savvy, I mm. could do things that others couldn't. When they used to send the sales report, I was the only one who actually knew how to dig through sales reports, figure out where the problems were, and correlate my sales reports to my commission checks. Because many of these companies that I worked for, the sales report didn't correlate to what you actually got paid. Hmm. And if you couldn't understand the differential, you didn't know where to spend your time and money. Plus, by being able to dig through this massive amount of data, I could just look at it and go, there's the problem. Hmm. So you could hone in, oh, this is the one thing you fix this one item and then you'll have success. Um, But again, working in corporate, you deal with all kinds of politics and that's not what I'm good at. Right. I'm the Hmm. tech kid. I'm the one behind the screen. Don't have me work with with people in in office politics. That's where I'm going to struggle. Hmm. Um, That turned into an advantage. 
because I, I started to learn that the further you went up at the career ladder, the more you had to work, but your pay differential didn't keep up. So they're like, oh, be a manager, work twice as much for 20% more mm-hmm. and lose all your freedom. And I'm like, that's not smart, mm-hmm. right? I'll stay here. I'll keep my freedom. And the smarter I get at working, the more and more freedom. So essentially the four hour work week. I mean, mm-hmm. people have heard of that book. You start implementing more and more of that so that you can enjoy life and, and have fun. The other thing I did at that point too, though, is because I was taught finances, I automated my finances. Mm-hmm. And we'll talk about this in business when I come back for, for the next episode. Nice I hope you are enjoying today's episode. If you want to learn more about my mindset strategies and energy tools to help you change your money mindset, then please register for my Abundance Mindset Makeover Workshop by visiting www.abundancemindsetmakeover.com. See you inside the workshop. Yeah, so by automating my finances at the age of essentially 21, as soon as I got paid, money started to go into different savings buckets with different time frames and different needs. And every time I got a raise, I would just increase the percentages and mm-hmm. increase the amount. So the power of compounding is powerful. I'm yeah. sure you've covered it, but I just let compounding happen. And that's literally how I built my wealth. If I look back and say, what was the one thing that led to success? It was automating and forgetting. Like mm-hmm. it just happened regardless of what was going on in life. Now I made mistakes. You know, there was a point there where I started signing up for all because I had so much money. It's like, oh, let me get this. It's only 50 bucks a month. Let me get that. It's only this. Let me get this. It's only that. And then at some point I was like, whoa, all of these monthly fees are actually crushing me. I have now nothing left. So mm-hmm. I had to unwind that and, and get out of those situation, kind of get out of the, the monthly uh, kind of recurring fees, because those are, they're going to crush you over time. Mm-hmm. And so that was an early lesson that helped me to always stay below my means. So I don't think it matters how much you make as yeah. much as if you can keep your spending below your making, as long as you keep that gap, you'll continue to have that excess and that excess is what allows you to enjoy life. Mm. And too often we do the opposite. The American way is to live beyond your means. And that's a UK way as well. I think that's, <laughs> that's a Western world way by, by the sounds of it. Yes. It's a Western world way, but if you can, I'm not telling you not to do things you enjoy, just give yourself a little bit of delayed gratification. Mm. And as you build wealth, you can start to do more. Yeah. The other thing I was taught, which is, again, this is not something that's taught in the UK, is from my culture, we negotiate. Hmm. We bargain. negotiate. You bargain on everything. Hmm. And I think there are ways to bargain without bargaining, because I know some people may feel uncomfortable. So when yeah. I was a kid, you know, my dad would say, oh, you, you know, you can get toys at Christmas or if you wait the week after Christmas, all the things you want are going to be 75 percent off at the store. Mm. So would you like to wait a week and get more? And so just those types of things have have helped us to learn. We buy off season. Mm. You know, we go to the same great places on vacation, 
But instead of going the one week, the whole world is going where it's crowded and overwhelmed. We go on the shoulders when less people are there, mm-hmm. where the cost is maybe 20 or 30 percent of what it would be for that. So we still enjoy nice. We just do it for less. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of the key. I think it's in and, and it also comes down to money mindsets and in, mm-hmm. in making sure that you're not caught up in a lot of that. And I, I think that's the difficult part. We've all been programmed. And even today, I still have to look at some of my programming and, and challenge it. And I know even we did well with our kids to teach them about money from a young age as well, because we knew we're wealthy. They're going to grow up in a wealthy family. Hmm. We don't want them to grow up with entitlement hmm. attitude. So we, we you know, you, you, you try and you learn and little by little, you test things out and you see how they go. But a lot of times I don't think you're going to see results for 10 or 15 years. It, it is a long-term game. I, I agree. I think I, I can't remember who actually said this, that the longer you can do something without expecting a return um, and then just, just do it consistently and have that patience not to say, you know, okay, why isn't it happening? What's happening? The bigger the return. So, you know, you, the, the, the more you can invest, the more you can be patient with it, the bigger the return in, in, in the end. And I, I find that in any area of life, um, as parents, we don't see any return for ages, do we? Until finally they've grown up. As um, as in compounding, compounding works after a certain level when it becomes magical. It's the eighth one of the world. So I, I definitely agree. And I think one of the things you hit on that the head was, which is one of my biggest fears, and I, I'm working on that constantly, is not to have children with an entitlement attitude. Both my kids are at private schools. We do live in a nice house. They, um, they I wouldn't say we're, I, I don't classify myself as wealthy yet, um, but um, we do have more money than a lot of their you know, their, their people surrounding us. And, and, um, and where we live is not where, a lot of the other extended family members kind of live in that kind of environment. But they are very grounded. And when we're going, and exactly what you said, maybe that's maybe because from the same culture, even though I'm born in the UK, I was also brought up with the same culture where you, you know, you do not necessarily bargain, but you look for, for deals. You look for making sure that you don't uh, overspend for the same thing. And then I do, I, I when I go shopping, I, I still look at it. Not because I'm being stingy, it's because if instead of spending the extra two pounds there, and given to the, to the supermarket, I can actually accumulate that over a period of time. And that can give, be given to someone who's more worthy, like through charity. Because I think South Asians do a lot of charitable work too. But it's not the fact that they're stingy with money. They just don't want to spend it, um, you know, without reason and give it to those who are worthy need. So that's that. I think that's the mentality that comes from our culture. It's we're spending where it's needed rather than unnecessarily. So how did you then, you know, how then how did you come about and start working with SMEs, you know, small business owners? What made you think that you want to work with them specifically? So what basically happened is, you know, sometime in my early 40s, I started to well, actually it was probably my late 40s. You know, it's like, hey, I built wealth. Hmm. I've I've you know, I'm starting to achieve everything I wanted to. But yet I wasn't thrilled with what I did. So my work was there to make money. It wasn't horrible. It wasn't thrilling, right? Mm. It was kind of that mediocre. Again, we come back to Mm. it was good, right? Mm. It gave me the money that I wanted to enjoy the life I wanted to lead. I also had time freedom. So I had both. I had money and time freedom, which I think is really the perfect combination. Yeah. 
But then I said, you know, to myself, what do I really want to do? That was one thing. And the second thing is I've always been a money nerd. So I'm always like, I don't understand why people are struggling with money. Like, Mm. this is not difficult. Mm. And so I think my first thing of, hey, what do I do in retirement as part of my give back? And it was Mm. like, well, why don't I just teach people about money? Mm. And so I started to learn a little bit more and I got introduced to this whole concept of money mindsets. Mm. And so it came from a couple of different people. And as I started to learn about it and do research, I was like, oh, wow, I never realized how programmed we were, not just with money, but in every part of life. Mm. You, you know, you kind of wake up to that. And so I was spending a lot of time kind of creating content and teaching people about personal finance. Mm-hmm. And it was like, OK, how do I build a business out of this? And so I did go, you know, I, I'm went down and learned from Dave Ramsey's team, but I realized, you know, they're all focused on people with a lot of debt. Mm-hmm. Well, people with a lot of debt don't have money to pay to get help. Mm-hmm. And they've got a whole lot of mindset problems that are more than I can overcome. Mm-hmm. So it was like, oh, maybe I should focus on people who know how to generate revenue, but can't keep enough of it. Cause there's mm-hmm. plenty of people with six figure incomes yes. who are still struggling. Mm-hmm. But what I what I kind of learned, and it's what Warren Buffett says, you know, everybody wants to get rich this weekend. Nobody's willing to get rich in 10 years. Mm. And it comes back to the time frames. You have to put the time and effort into this. And so I was just constantly creating content in this space, trying to build a, a side business that I would use towards retirement. And it was going OK. I mean, I was having fun, but it wasn't generating revenue like it should. Hmm. And then I came across, you know, more and more, this concept kept coming up of small business owners aren't looking at their finances. Small business owners aren't doing their bookkeeping. Small business owners aren't doing these other things. And I'm like, is this really true? Mm-hmm. And so I started investigating and I found out more and more. Yeah, this I is can true. tell you it's true. Oh, yeah, it's true. I know that because this is what I do all the time now. But mm-hmm. this was kind of my learning journey. I was like, oh, and I was like, well, all of this stuff is spreadsheets. I know how to read spreadsheets. I know how to build spreadsheets. This is what I do. Like literally our whole life is spreadsheets. You go to the grocery store, it's a spreadsheet in the order of the the grocery store. So when I go in the grocery store, I'm not looking around. What should I buy? I'm like, the spreadsheet says this is what we're supposed to buy this week. You just follow the spreadsheet and get out as fast as possible. But I can do that for anything. I can, you know, if you want to, if you're if you're a, a home builder and you need to price stuff out, I can build you customized spreadsheets that you can go in and click and it will give you the real price of what you're doing so that you can efficiently bid it out. And I, I can understand your P&Ls, but not only can I understand your P&Ls, those numbers tell me stories. So I can point out, oh, here's the bottleneck. Here's where the problem is. We have to fix this and that will unlock the money. So at that point, I realized, hey, wait, small business owners have a problem. I know how to fix this problem. Maybe it's time to pivot. Hmm. And so I looked at a bunch of different offerings. Do I build something myself? How does that go? And then I was introduced to the book Profit First from Mike Michalowicz. Hmm. And everything in that book is the way I was running my life. I was like, oh, this is perfect alignment. And so I finally decided that 
that was who I wanted to partner with rather than me trying to do the parts that I didn't like doing. Let me partner with them and they'll give me all those parts. And then I can just go have the fun and do what I want. And again, I'm not alone. Now I'm part of a, a bigger team that I can get support and figure out how to do this. So at that point, I work started to go bad. And so I set a date and I'm like, okay, I've had enough of this. This is my date. I'm going to take these six months to get all my other pieces in order, get ready for my pivot. And I gave my notice on a Monday, Wednesday, I signed up with profit first and two weeks later, it was full force going. Fabulous. Well, on that note, we're going to wrap this up. Rocky, how can we connect with you? Where can we find you on the internet? And, you know, how, how does someone sign up to, uh, for your services if they, if they want some support? And uh, before I should do that, let me just quickly ask you, how do you support them? Do you have a course or do you help them through your, um, you know, by helping them look at the business? So what we have been doing up until now is one-on-one consulting. We work with them. We dig through their numbers. We create dashboards and, and walk them through decisions. What we have found is there are a lot of business owners that because of their revenue, um, they can't justify one-on-one support. And honestly, we agree with them. We can't make enough difference in their business to, to justify that. So we're in the midst of launching a course mm-hmm. that's a do it yourself, but also do it yourself with help because we realize all the questions that I get constantly. I'm like, you read the book profit first, you, you know what you're supposed to do, but yet you're off. And so we realize that they do need a bit of handholding. So we're creating um, kind of an experience for them. That's affordable that they can see an immediate return on. And, and that's basically what we're doing for them. Okay. So coming back to the question, how can you yeah. where can you find you? <laughs> so my website is profitcomesfirst.com. And from there, you can find the podcast, which is Profit Answer Man, where I literally teach everything I do for my clients. We give everything away for free. Nothing's hidden. That's just, you know, I'm in the give back phase of life. So we want to help people do well. And especially with COVID, you know, Small business need, owners need more help than ever. And so we do that. And we also pepper in the, the money mindsets and understanding all of that as well as the numbers because they both go together. Fantastic. And so if you are listening to us on uh, the podcast, the link for Rocky will be, the URL will be in the show notes. And if you're watching us on YouTube, then down below in the description section, we'll have the link to his website too. And we'll ha- we'll make sure we have the links to his uh, social media uh, platforms as well. Thank you so much, Rocky. You've been such an amazing guest today on Friday Feature. We'll have to have you back on my talkies, but today, thank you so much. And thank you for listening to us um, with me and and, uh, Rocky today. I will be back with another amazing guest on another Friday feature. Until the next time we meet, this is Go Khan signing off. Take care and bye for now. If you want to learn more about my energy tools and mindset strategies, then please visit my website www.gulkhan.com and if you want to take part in our five-day abundance mindset makeover workshop where I deep dive into energy tools for abundance then please go to www.abundancemindsetmakeover.com and register. I look forward to being your mentor in the next workshop and if you want to learn about the spiritual laws of money then go and get my book Laws of Money from 
lawsofmoney.com. Until the next time we meet, this is Girl Khan signing off. Take care and bye for now.